Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And you were listening to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh. And before I dive into today's episode, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping to start. First, I want to address the name change for this show. As uh, I have uh, indicated in the past uh, couple episodes, I'm going to be doing a, a subsequent spinoff of this show called Gotham Cinema. And that is going to be dedicated to reviewing all of the live-action Batman movies, as well as doing some retrospectives and uh, taking a look at many of the unproduced Batman scripts, as well as commenting on any breaking news as it develops. Uh, and so I thought... Under the umbrella, if you will, of PhilCast, it made more sense to kind of differentiate the various the various podcasts that I'm doing. And so with this one focusing exclusively on movies, both current and older ones, cult classics, box office bombs, some of the greatest movies of all time, I felt, all right, now is the time to really set it up and, and make it clear what this podcast is is going to be about uh, now and going forward, and that is the movies. And so I felt, let's change it to Phil at the movies, under the umbrella of Phil cast. Uh, so that kind of, I hope, clears up any, uh, if there was any lingering confusion over the over the name change. It was just to kind of simplify it and make things, uh, make things clearer. So uh, from now uh, until forever, uh, this show will be called Phil at the movies. All right, taking care of that little bit of housekeeping. Um, got a very, uh, very exciting show uh, to do with you uh, to do with you today, and it is involving the multiverse. Uh, first on the docket is um, my thoughts on the box office smash, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, going to be also uh, be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and if that isn't enough, going to have a few thoughts on the Star Wars prequel trilogy ahead of next week's Disney Plus show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So with that, as I often do at the start of these shows, first, thank you, the listeners, for your continued support and response to this podcast and all of your feedback, your comments, your engagement, it really has made uh, this passion project of mine all the more worthwhile. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in every two weeks. Really, really appreciate it. And at this point, I would say if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button. And if you haven't done so, please share this with your friends, your family, anybody who you think might be interested in hearing someone go on passionately at times about the movies in general. Uh, so with that, please uh, uh, hit that subscribe button. And again, of course, follow on Twitter, Instagram, Philcast Movies uh, for all of my latest uh, uh, postings. Uh, I try to I try to keep things fun and amusing. Uh, sometimes it's a sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's not. But you know, you take the good with the bad. All right. So with that, going to dive into the into the uh, uh, the main course, if you will, which is the multiverse. And it seems like today, every time you go to the movies or, or pretty much all that's in our media today seems to be uh, concentrated around this idea of multiverses or, or, or shared universes and this idea of, of, of 
kind of movies interacting with with one another. That really started uh, last year with Spider-Man No Way Home, which was this great culmination of, of the Spider-Man trilogy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and having the return of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and, and the sort of interacting of all these different Spider-Men uh, from their various uh, universes and movie franchises. Um, but that has continued on into the uh, in, into the new year, and uh, as has been seen with Doctor Strange and everything everywhere all at once, it it, it is clear that audiences are interested in this idea of other dimensions, other universes, the idea of having stories connect and, and, and sort of interact uh, with one another. But uh, the, the, the movie that really, uh, I want to say it really, it inspired me, it, 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 it moved me in ways I, I, I wasn't expecting, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is a small budget film. That, that came out uh, just a few months ago. Uh, it's it's uh, done by A24, which uh, for those of you who have listened to a previous episode, they were, were responsible for the uh, uh, the for um, the movie X, which I think is one of the best uh, films of the year by far. Well, they turned out another great gem with this movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I can say... Two things right off the bat. Number one, easily one of the one of the top three movies so far that I've seen this year, and I'm quite sure that it is going to remain in that in, in that uh, in in that list as the year progresses. And on top of that, this is one of the the most enjoyable and, and frankly original films that I have seen in quite some time and I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it's really it's really difficult to explain this movie unless unless you've seen it I, I guess that that's how I would start uh, with with my initial thoughts on it and, and I mean that in the best possible way you have to see this movie in order to experience it and and to really be immersed in the story to put this this film into a single category i almost think is a disservice to it the movie truly is about everything the movie is everything and i mean i will say it right right now Insofar as multiverses are concerned, this movie did it the best of what's now the three kind of main uh, multiverse-inspired films, Spider-Man and then Doctor Strange. Why this one works so well, I feel, is it is, it is both original and it, is in, and it is endearing. It is a heartwarming story that, at its core, is about life how precious it is to be alive and how it feels to be alive in a particular time and place. And I think as we're all sort of grappling with our, our, our place in the world, our purpose in the world, it's really nice to have a movie 
that that showcases that that showcases uh, uh, the struggle of everyday life, the, 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 the kind of desire to, to live some grandiose adventure, to kind of rise up, if you will. And, and ultimately, it, it, life is not about the spectacle. It's not about the adventure. It, it's about the, the human moments. It's about the personal moments. And, and that's what makes life worth living. That's what makes life worthwhile. And, and I have to say it, I've been on this soapbox for a, for a while now, but in a in a cinematic landscape that is largely dominated by IP films, comic book films, big budget spectacles, it's really wonderful to have a movie like this and, and to have it exist and, and then be a success. I mean. We all sort of, you know, those of us who are who are lovers of cinema, we always talk about, oh, you know, we want original stories, we want original films. Well, here it is. Here is an original film that is is connecting with audiences and it's doing quite well at the box office. I mean, not that that is, of course, everything, but it it, it kind of drives the point that I think audiences will show up for movies that have heart, movies that have meaning, and yes, movies that are inventive and original. And this is an inventive and original movie. I mean, like, as I said at the beginning, you have to experience it for yourself because it is one of those movies that you can, you can talk about it, but talking about it almost diminishes its quality and its impact. I, I, I will just say that this was a movie that made me laugh it was a movie that made me cry. It gave me all the feelings that you that you want from 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 going to the to the theater. What you want from a cinematic experience. It, it just hit every single note. And again, it wasn't a big budget spectacle. It was a small budget movie with a lot of heart and yes, a lot of story that is universal. Life, love belonging, acceptance. I mean, it, it, it touches, <laughs> to, <laughs> no pun intended, it touches on everything. And again, I think that it, it, it's a simple premise. I mean, the story is very straightforward. It deals with family dynamics, broken families, families that are, that are kind of at a, at a juncture. But it, it, it spices it up, so to speak, by injecting the multiverse concept, which is so, as I've said, kind of in the zeitgeist right now. That's what fuels the story because, you know, I think we've all wondered at times what, you know, if, if there are multiverses, what are our, our lives like in, 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 such, in such universes? And that this movie takes us on that journey. It gives us that experience. And, and as I said earlier, it does it much better than any of the other multiverse movies that are out there or, or have been out there. And that's not to say that, that, that this movie is on the same level as, say, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange. Again, the, the, those two are comic book movies. This is, this is an original story. You know, I, I get it. it. It is apple and oranges. But I think when it comes to the execution of 
the multiverse and a multiverse story. It doesn't get any better than this film. This movie, for, 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 for whatever reason, understood those themes and those concepts a lot better. And it delivered a story with heart, with meaning, that, that showcases pretty much the story of, of us, of humanity, of, of our fears, our, our hopes, our dreams, and packages it into a, into a story that, at the end of the day, makes you feel hopeful, it makes you feel optimistic, it makes you feel appreciative. And, and just to kind of to wrap this, this whole discussion, uh, this point up, go see this movie. I, I, I cannot stress it enough. This is a movie that needs to be experienced in the theater. It needs to be experienced you know, that, that first time because I will tell you, nothing beats the first moment that, that, or the first time that you see this film because it is, it is so different. It is so wild and inventive and it's, it's both funny, it's both, it's both charming, it's both heartwarming, it, it's everything. I mean, I seem to be hitting that point again and again, but this movie is about everything, and that's why it works. So I say go see it, go see it multiple times. It is worth every repeat viewing. I'm so glad to see that it's doing well at the box office and continues to do well at the box office. I've said it before on this on this show, and I will say it again. These types of movies are needed. These types of movies should be supported, supported because they are what's at stake, kind of the, the heart of the cinematic, the, the theater experience. These kind of original, non-IP projects. I think people are hungry for these kinds of films. That's why this movie especially is connecting. So I say go out, go support it. If, if you are a fan of cinema, this is the film you've been waiting for. This is the film for you. Props to Michelle Yeoh. She is the heart and soul of this film. She was also a producer on this film. This is this is her her show, and uh, I'm I'm just so happy for her uh, to be a part of this. She is a phenomenal actress, and her her performance, as far as I'm concerned is one of the best uh, of the year. So if you are looking for a movie that is going to give you all the all the feels, go see everything, everywhere, all at once. I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And, and I, I, I back that up 100%. This is not one of those movies that I think, you know, sometimes the critics or, or people will blow out of proportion, and then it turns out not to be what, what you expect. This movie meets every expectation and then exceeds them. It is that damn good. It is everything. Full period stop. Okay. There are my, my thoughts on everything, everywhere, all at once. I will, I will probably do a, another review of the film at some point uh, I think maybe later uh, maybe later in the summer because I, I really want folks who haven't had a chance to see it because I know not everyone uh, has been able to see it because of just the number you know if it isn't playing at your local theater so 
I, I, I really want to you know, encourage you to, to go see this film. And, and as I said, I, I was trying to figure out what was the best way to, to share my thoughts on it without giving anything away because it is a movie that you have to experience. But I figured I could at least give a nice uh, tease, if you will, with my, my thoughts. And, and if you couldn't tell, I loved, I loved the film. I loved the film. Um, and, and I, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, so now, uh, switching gears, we're jumping into another uh, multiverse-centric film, and that is the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the 28th film now that uh, has been part of this ongoing franchise since 2008. And I do want to welcome back a frequent contributor and guest of the show, Jin. She is here uh, to join me in this kind of open discussion on... Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And welcoming back to the podcast is our favorite contributor, Jen. Welcome Hi. back, Jen. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, no pleasure. Thank you. Um, this has been kind of a, a fractured week, everything with schedules and technical difficulties, but we finally got a chance to sit down, uh, got to go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and now we're going to kind of give our thoughts and uh, kind of have a an open discussion on the movie. All right, so Jen, give me your initial reaction, your immediate thoughts on the movie. I guess, I don't know. I think I would say interesting, maybe. All right, um, fair. Very visually appealing, I guess, yeah. like in terms of like everything just kept moving at a fast pace and everything right. was so brightly colored and all that. Um, I guess I'm not a huge follower of Doctor Strange, per se. So I guess taking that out of context, that or I guess having that piece, and like going from the review of the whole movie, it's like an outsider, I thought it was well done. Sure. Um, and I think there's definitely like a taste of um, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. The who's that? Sam Raimi. Yeah. yeah. I think there, he's got like a nice taste in, in terms of, like, the action filled in it. Yeah. I think you kind of see that essence of um, him, like, in, through the Spider-Man movies. Um, I think the cast did a really good job. I actually was kind of not a huge fan of Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably why I'm not a, a big follower of him. But I actually felt like in this movie, I liked him. It's funny you say that. I was... I enjoyed, I have to say, his first movie. I know you didn't see it, right? No, I think I fell asleep. <laughs> no, okay. um, I I enjoyed it, but him as a as a character, I have never been, I guess, stuck on. I mean, yeah. you know, again, and I say this, I am not, you know, a reader of Doctor Strange comics. I, I'm not. I mean, as people know, I'm not the the biggest Marvel uh, expert, or you know, I mean, I I enjoy the films, but I mean, when it comes to it, I, I'm more of a DC guy. I mean, everyone knows I'm a Batman guy. But, um, you know, when it came to his character, I was sort of, I don't want to say in, like, it wasn't like I didn't like him. It just, almost just indifferent on him. Like, he always just struck me truly as a supporting character. Like, from his first movie, I was more interested kind of in just the world and the story that was being created. And, and almost his character and his journey, like, almost didn't matter as much. But... This film, and especially having just seen him in, in No Way Home, I thought 
big, uh, sort of a big improvement in terms of characterization and his character arc. And I actually thought he 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 grew into his own with this movie. Like I, I said, okay, this 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 is I guess the Doctor Strange I've been waiting for. Maybe it was almost like an origin for him, kind of in a way. Versus, like I said, I have to rewatch the first one right. of him, but because this would be his sequel. Technically. technically, this is his sequel, right? I mean, in many ways, this almost felt like a fresh start for the character because there's been such a a, a, a length of time, you know, between right. his first one and obviously he was in the Avenger movies and then Spider Man, but I mean, those weren't direct sequels to to Doctor Strange. I mean, th- this to me almost felt like. It was a fresh start, and it was beginning kind of, you know, anew again, but... Yeah, I think he's a complex character. I mean, like all the Marvel characters, but I think right. he's the one that, like, no one really understands. Is he bad? Is he good? Is he... Right. He is good because he's an Avenger, yeah. but, like, I think sometimes, like, his motive gets questioned oh, and all that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was a cool part of the whole multiverse where they were showing the different Doctor Stranges and how each one has... You know, kind of had a negative impact in their own specific universe, um, but like, you know, f- for someone again, I, you know, full disclosure, not a follower of his comics, uh, comic books, or again, you know, a huge, you know, Marvel expert in any in any uh, shape or form. But I mean, I have to say, I, and maybe it's because, you know, I'm such a big Sam Raimi fan mm. that it, it made this movie all the better for me. Like, this was. This was a, a Sam Raimi film through and through, just from his his stylistic vision to the way he shoots a scene, the way he crafts an action scene, to the story beats. Like it, it like I mean, obviously it's it's totally a totally different beast than say any of his other films, you know, Spider Man or or Dark Man or what have you. Um, but his his vision, his signature was felt throughout this movie, and I think that that really help sell the movie for me. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of 50-50 on the, on the film overall. Like, I, I, I get why it is dividing fans and critics because it is so different from all the other Marvel movies, so to speak. And, I mean, in many ways, I think because it's so different, that's probably its strength. Like, I mean, you, you know how Marvel movies tend to be kind of, you know, lighthearted and there's always like, you know, joke here or yeah. joke there like i mean this felt like a totally different beast if that makes sense yeah. like just from the way the action scenes were shot to the way the camera moved to i mean just the darkness and i'm talking about some of the the, the horror elements and some of the more you know you know not that there's like you know blood and guts everywhere but it was it was a different kind of marvel movie i mean there were like moments where like okay you know that's a Marvel joke, like when he was like the Illuminati, you yeah, know, like, yeah, that, like yeah. that felt Marvel. But overall, I thought like it, it, it felt more like a, a Sam Raimi Marvel movie than a Marvel movie directed by Sam Raimi, if right. that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think also like Wanda, she did a great, she, she's a great actor, great job. Oh, Elizabeth Olsen's fantastic. Kind of confused by her, like, is that Wanda that's. Is that her, or is she taken over by the witch? The dark, well, the dark hole, I mean, okay, you know, the Marvel, the non-Marvel expert knows, I guess, a little bit about it, but, like, I guess it's, like, the dark hole, you know, it's, like, possessed her, and so, like, it's her, like, 
alter ego, I guess you would, could almost say, like the Scarlet Witch. I mean... Justifiable, I, but she, I think it's not Wanda. Well, I think the problem is, and, and this is one of the criticisms that I've seen people take with it, is because I think a lot of people really liked WandaVision, to then have her take kind of this... Approach. Not really a dramatic turn, because even though I guess she's technically the villain of the movie... I really wouldn't cast her as a quote-unquote yeah. villain because she's, you understand her. Now, she's doing obviously terrible things, but, I mean, there there is a, a motivation, I guess, if you right. can say it. And maybe that's why it's so jarring is people are so, you, you know, they think, okay, she's Wanda the hero. And, you know, because she kind of had that. Well, I think I think of her as she's an Avenger. Right. But then she had that kind of, you know, she did, you know, you know, come to terms with what happened at the end of WandaVision, and she made everything right, and so, like, you almost feel like, okay, she, you know, she, you know, came full circle, and then now she's, you know, going off yeah. in this direction. I mean, you know, I, 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 I get it. I thought she was going to be the helper in the situation. Well, no, I, I, I mean, that was probably, you know, the clever, you know, marketing angle of it. Yeah. They definitely, you know, presented it more as like an, okay, this is, you know, Scarlet Witch or Wanda and, and Steve are going to team up kind of right. a thing. Um, but I mean, I, I know to me and, and, you know, and I've just spent the like first few minutes saying, oh, this is a great Dr. Strange movie. They finally got him right. To me, I almost felt like this was her movie. Like she owns every scene she's in and she really, I felt carries the, the, the picture. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen. She's great. Just, I can't say enough good things about her. She's absolutely fantastic but I mean I mean it, 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 at times I almost felt like it was you know the Scarlet Witch or Wanda in the Multiverse of Madness and then you know Doctor Strange kind of playing you know a co-pilot almost if that yeah. makes sense I mean I know it's it's his but movie I didn't really get what the other character the girl oh America America's like what was her like she can go in between universes right but I mean so again that's where again I will say like I don't know the character in the comic books I mean I, I will say I think they needed a little bit more I don't know, background or yeah. something to explain her situation because I mean a lot of it you just sort of take it okay here it is but I don't, I felt that there, there needed to be another sequence or two that could have maybe explained you know where she came from what her her purposes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, I mean, you know, I'm sure that'll be explained down the road because this is not the last Marvel movie. But, I mean... No, certainly it's not. Um, you know, I mean, overall, I would I would say, you know, it, I I enjoyed the movie from because it was so different. Like, And I'm comparing it to, to say, No Way Home, which is the most recent Marvel movie. And again, I know. Total, I think that's different. No, the, I, no, <laughs> no, but, no, but totally different beast. But I'm saying in terms of almost the style, like no, I, 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 right, would, I would, say, I would say I'd see No Way Home again. I'd say I'd give it a while for I'd see Doctor Strange. Oh, again. oh no, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm, I'm saying just in terms of like, kind of like but, the vision or execution of both films. Like, the, like even though No Way Home definitely carries a lot of emotion away. There's a lot of moments. I guess you'll have to see, I guess it was a character shift for Wanda. So I guess you'll, like it was for Spider-Man. Is that what you're kind of saying? Well, yeah, in a way, like it almost, I guess how do I put this? I almost feel like you you now have to see what's going to happen next, if that makes any sense. Like, 
again, kind of like the way No Way Home ended, you want to see where it's going to go. You know, or, or, or you have more questions than you have answers kind of a thing. Like, you know, the way that, you know, No Way Home ends, it almost feels like it's just the beginning of everything. Right. And in many ways, this, I mean, obviously, there's probably a sequel or something down the road, but, like, I feel like there's definitely a lot left on the table. I agree. Um, but, but, you know, I guess to put a, a, a pin on it, um, I would say I hope that Marvel doesn't react, I guess, not negatively, but think that, oh, because this was so polarizing and, and you know, fans and critics are mixed on it, that we should just sort of go back to the kind of, you know, traditional Marvel formula. Like, I think it's important for a franchise that's like this and that is so, you know, massive and, 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 and sort of, you know, everywhere these days, it's important to kind of change up the pace, so to speak. Agreed. You know, stylistically, storytelling-wise, and, and kind of really let a director put their seal on it, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy or, or what have you, like really kind of go inventive and be kind of different. Agreed, that makes, that makes sense. sense. I mean, like I said, overall, you know, do I think this is the greatest you know, movie ever? No, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a Marvel movie and it's and it's fun, it's entertaining. Um, it, it was it was creative, it was mind-bending, it was a visual, I mean, that, that's what I was trying to get at. I think visually, I think it is probably, it's, better than No Way Home, you know what I mean? Like, it just in terms of the style and the images, the way it's all presented, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and then I would just say that, you know, Elizabeth Olsen just steals the friggin' show. Also, you know, shout out to Rachel McAdams. Oh, my God. She, I actually thought she was good. This, because she was in the first one, and, you know, it was kind of a minor, I mean, she was a minor role, I guess, in, in that one. It really wasn't a huge, a huge piece of it. But I thought she had a real nice... Um, uh, set of sequences in this movie, and it really brought her character full, uh, full circle. Kind of gave them the gave, necessary closure. And it gave them kind of him a little bit of like his character arc. Yeah. It really, I, I think where he starts out at the beginning and where he is at the end, there was a nice progression. I agree. So, um, would you recommend the movie? Yeah, yeah. sure. But I'm also, I probably need to go back and see some more about Doctor Strange no, that's fair. to fully say, yeah! No, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. One point I did want to raise, and I, and I sort of speak at large about this. Do you feel, because I've seen a few people comment about this on Twitter, not that Twitter is real life, of course, but um, do you feel that in some ways the, the Marvel... Uh, cinematic uh, engine so to speak could be running out of gas D- do you um and i, I only put main, that out ca- there the main characters america captain america yeah tony yeah um obviously black widow yeah they've kind of you know gone with now the side characters of the avengers right so i'm not sure i think it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it the, up the way it once was. Also, there's that theory, too, of how much more can you do? No. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's that element of, like, leaving things alone. Like, right. that. that's what makes people still wanting it and desired. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one of these people that thinks, because I know there's a prevailing wisdom or a thought out there that, oh, Marvel doesn't have a plan. No, I, I think they, oh, I they, 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 have, they a have a plan. There's clearly a roadmap where all these movies are going. But it does feel different from yes. the originals and 
Yeah, I, I like. I'm not saying all oh, these movies are so you know misguided and it's all over the place, but you know, part of me wonders, and maybe it's just the superhero and comic book movie saturation that's everywhere today. I mean, you can't go to the movie theater without it being like some kind of a superhero film. That I almost wonder if it's like one of those things that's too much of a good thing. But I, I, I put that out there, and and to to all those listening, you know, chime in. What, what Give are, us your thoughts. What are your thoughts? Are are is there an, you know, have we gone overboard with comic book movies? I are mean, running a little low. You know, I mean, I, I guess you know, nothing lasts forever, and you know, obviously, money will be the final, you know, decider. But I mean, it, 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 it does better. It does pressure. make you wonder that sometimes if, yeah, if we are kind of reaching a point where the engine's running out of gas, I and, and and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but then again, there's you know, there was the Batman and. We all know how I feel about that, so maybe I'm just, you know... Maybe it just needs time. Maybe t- time is everything. Um, or, you know, takes to have a good reset or whatnot, <laughs> a reboot. Agreed. Um, uh, so, any event. I think that kind of wraps up Doctor Strange. Any other thoughts on it? No, I think that was Doctor Strange. All right, fair enough. Well, um, last, but certainly not least, I did want to kind of do a final little uh, brief discussion on Star Wars, because... Yes. You were not uh, able to uh, to join me with the the last show, where I did a whole kind of retrospective on Star Wars, and you know, especially given that Star Wars is about family and we're family, it kind of <laughs> makes sense to you know bring it all home and have a nice little discussion about Star Wars. And with uh, with Obi Wan Kenobi premiering next week, I figured it was all the more uh, all the, all the better to have a, a a kind of a final wrap up, if you will, on Star Wars. So. I guess, Jen, to you, I guess two questions. Number one, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? And when I say Star Wars to you, what comes to mind? Okay, well, I think it's hard to narrow a Star Wars down to the your favorite because they're great. Mm-hmm. All of them individually have something to share. Right. Um, the ones I guess connected with George Lucas <laughs> more so. I I like the 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 sequels, the, the, the sequels to you know six seven and nine. Six, seven, My gosh, six seven seven wait, eight, seven eight, eight and nine. nine. I'm sorry, well, I don't know what I was saying. Um, but I think they're a little more like you know maybe you got to give them time to groom. Like yeah, Renee, yeah. I was always a prequel person. Before they became... No, you have always been... Back, and yeah. now they're like, ah, the prequels! No, you have... So maybe it's like one of those things that, you know, we just have to give it time yeah. for the other ones, the newer ones. But I always loved the prequels. I thought they were, you know, I'm sure some of the lines could be done differently, but I think it was always well put together. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm glad that they're finally getting the credit that they deserve. Well, no, and that was sort of what I wanted to really dive into. I mean, you know, for me, I probably my top three is you know it's Empire, Return of the Jedi, and then Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I didn't do like my top three easily, um, but well, we were also we grew up on the prequels. Well, no, that's the thing. Like going to see the prequels, like was a thing. Like we saw them as they came out. It wasn't like the original trilogy, which we saw, you know, through home video. Or I mean, they I did actually we. Yeah, you saw them when they were released. And maybe that's how like, someone will feel seeing, like, the newer ones. The new ones. Like, that's their prequels right. to us. Like, and the people that are, you know, it, like, our parents are 
they're they grew up on Star yeah. Wars, yeah. so like the original, so like they Just, might think the prequels are bad, and we might think the newer ones are bad. So it might be this like chain generational. Yeah, but I think I think that I like. I can't pick one. I know you can't. I really enjoy Return of the Jedi. It's great. Um, I like Empire. I love Revenge of the Sith. And even though it is so sad, gets me every time. I know. I know. And I, I love Attack of the Clones. I know. Well, that's what I wanted to really hit on today because, I mean, I, I will say I enjoy Attack of the Clones. I mean, I love all Star Wars. You know, that's yeah. you know that's the thing. But I know you especially. You have a special place in your heart for Attack of the Clones. I'm a big romance person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe it's something cheesy about me. But when I first saw it, I think I was like, oh, I liked it. But then, like, it was probably when I was back in high school. It was on, like, a rerun was on. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so romantic. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but I still, it is still beautiful. I love Padme and Anakin's love story. I think it's great. It's probably like the Han and Leia, which I do appreciate their love story as well. Um, I wish they had had more, obviously, but I think there's like a lot of like beautiful moments that they share. And it's like that forbidden love, you know, that everyone loves. Look, I have, I have really come around when it comes to the the dialogue. Cause, I mean, I know a lot of people the immediately thing they say is, oh, I don't like sand, and a lot of people immediately tear that apart. And, like, okay, yeah. And the were these great, were they great lines? No, but, you know, they were, you know, they're, you know, George Lucas said, they're written in that sort of grand, operatic, almost, you know, soap opery type uh lines and dialogue that you would find in like a 1940s movie or something where it's like you know you announce your feelings instead of showing them or something but like I, I don't know like I I I have really come around I have to say on on Attack of the Clones because when you look at it through the vantage point of Anakin Skywalker I mean here here is like and again this is a psychological take but like you know, here is someone who is kind of screwed up. I mean, when you look at it in the whole, he's taken away from his mother. All right, he's he's basically but willingly. <laughs> yeah, but but again, like okay, say goodbye to your mom, and then he's raised as you know a Jedi, like you know basically a monk, like you know you cannot have feelings and all this and that, and he's trying to find his place in the world. Obi Wan is not a good, you know, is is doing his best, but like Obi Wan's not a father. And Obi-Wan's probably not what Qui-Gon would have been to him. So there's like that, you know, kind of, you know... Obi-Wan is the brother. That's what it was. He needed a father. Yeah. And so, you know, he's young, he's confused, and then he's like, you know, oh my God, there's 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 the only other woman I've loved. And like, and, you know, he... So I, I believe it's the angel. So, <laughs> someone said it best a few years ago. I, I wish I, I had the exact quote, but they're like... He has no game. Like, like he's one of those kids. that's just like he doesn't know how to interact. It's like he's never had that experience. So like he says these like awkward things. Like you know, you're so beautiful. Like you know, because he just doesn't know it. You know, he's just like he's a he's stunted, I guess, in a way. And and you know, and maybe there's like that. You know, you know, like sh maybe she like you know deep down knows better. But then there's like that like oh, the hell with it kind of a thing. Like, you know, like, let our feelings dictate over logic. And I, I don't know. And, and maybe it's just, you know, the older you get, kind of you look back on it and you are able to, you know, I don't know, overlook the 
the cheesy moments or whatnot or moments that could. No, have they're been... still cheesy, but they're just there's something about it. Well, what I have to say, and I, I'm sure I mentioned this on the previous pod, but like there is something about what George Lucas did, and it being his vision. You know what I mean? Like a movie like Episode One, and frankly, a movie like Episode Two, would never have been made by a studio. Like, Disney would never have said, okay, we're going to make a movie like that. Because, and I think George Lucas even said this, if a studio was making the prequels, Darth Vader would have shown up in the first movie and started killing everybody. And, and yes, there is an element of the audience like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what we want. You know, Vader, like how he was in Rogue One, you know, striking people down. But, you know, again, props to George Lucas. He said, no, it's going to be a slow burn, and we're going to going to show how a good person goes bad. Because then you see the whole thing in, in completion. He's good. He's tempted. He falls. He embraces his darkness, and then ultimately is saved through the love of his son. And, like, and that's where it works so well, because it, it is a beautiful story. And again, prompt to George Lucas. I mean, and I guess, you know, how much of it is true, but I mean, you read different things out there about like what his versions of the the sequel movies would have been, and, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt, but it sounds like they would have been, on the whole, totally different movies. Yeah. Like, and again, movies that a studio would have said, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to go with this, you know, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, that's, you know, it's for the best, you know, spare us all the discourse and then the fighting, I mean, guess we, let me look what happened with The Last Jedi, you know, I mean, but, I don't know, I, I, I always go back to like you know it's George Lucas's vision and you have to respect someone who had a vision and was committed to it and said no this is my story and this is how I'm going to tell it yeah you know and it's like he, he had this great quote I think from when Revenge of the Sith was coming out or he was being interviewed and he said you know, people are like you know all upset you because you did this that he's like look I have my house and people are like oh you should paint it green and he's like well no, that's fine. Green is a good color, but I'm going to paint it white because that's what I want to do. And like, that's what the prequels were. You know, they were his. It was his house. You know, I mean, he he wanted to do it his way. And but he did it from the beginning. Well, no, it's all been that way. It's been his vision. And I don't know. I mean, I I'm ex- I'm looking forward I'm, to the Kenobi. I feel like it's going to really bring the prequels forward because you have literally Obi-Wan who yep. is from well I obviously Obi-Wan no, but I you know. have Ewan McGregor who's from yep. the prequels and Hayden Christensen which I'm so excited to no. have Hayden back and in the suit I know and I'm hoping we get a flashback yeah to I, him and Obi-Wan I hope we get a flashback I'm hoping for that hoping for Padme and I don't I know it's probably a little bit of never gonna happen but one can dream folks no I like I said with what Star, what they've done, I mean, fair to say, the sequels were a mixed bag. There's a lot of stuff that was really great, with a lot of stuff that... When you say the sequel, The sequel trilogy, I'm saying, like, there was a lot of stuff that was okay, there was some stuff that was really, really great, a lot of stuff like, okay, why did they do that? You know, I mean, we don't have to go into it. We're but not... I think they're going to argue that like they did. Oh, no, that's fair. The only point I was making is, like... The sequels were kind of a mixed bag overall. I think Man- The Mandalorian has been fantastic. Yeah. Like, I think that has been a real great addition to the Star Wars mythos. And, I mean, I, granted, I, I've only seen parts of 
the Boba Fett thing. But from what I have seen and kind of just the general consensus, I think it's sort of a mixed bag. Yeah, I think but, like, that's sort of one of those things, like, was that necessary? Right. Like, you know. like Others would argue yes. Sure, sure. But, like, I would just say, on the whole, I feel like Obi-Wan has a lot of potential to be really, really good Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, storytelling because great the Mando has been great. <laughs> well, no, that's the other thing. And there's a story there. You know what I mean? Like, there. There's stuff that we don't know. Now it's only one season. It's a limited series. They wouldn't, I don't think, announce at this point oh, yeah. that it was going to be. I mean, you would McGregor has said he would love to continue playing Obi Wan. So, I, I mean, if this is some massive hit, and again, this only takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith, so that means you still got nine more years until A New Hope. I mean, I suppose you know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm going to say right now, I don't think we've seen the last of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, and I think we'll probably see Hayden Christensen back as either Vader or Anakin in some capacity down the road. One can only hope. Uh, yeah, so that was that, that was just sort of the last little bit on Star Wars that I wanted to kind of tie Well, thank up. you for letting that come back, because I was bummed that I missed that. No, I, I, that's what I figured. I know, but especially with the prequels. Probably more than I wanted to talk about Doctor Strange. <laughs> but, I mean, I know especially with the prequels, because, uh, I mean, this just feels like a perfect time to, to revisit that whole yeah. era of Star Wars, and it's been 20 years since Attack of the Clones. And leave us your thoughts on how excited you are for the Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. show. No, seriously. And, or not. Or not. That's, that, that's fair, too. Um, and if anyone felt that uh, Doctor Strange... Give us your thoughts. No, seriously. I, I Was it strange? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I want to hear from you, the listeners, again, as I've said from the beginning, your uh, support and feedback and uh, engagement has made this show all the more worthwhile, and uh, it's definitely uh, a passion project, but, I mean, certainly to have your your engagement has, has just made it all the, all the better, so thank you uh, for that. Um, Jen, any final thoughts? No, I think that's it. All right. That's a wrap. No, that, that is a wrap for today. Alrighty, folks. Well, in any event, thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, listen to uh, Phil at the Movies today. Uh, I will be back in two weeks. We'll be back on regular Friday schedule, so it will be that first week of June. Um, so stay tuned for that. The next uh, movie that I'm going to be diving into is a recent one. Uh, but but one that is uh, one is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, the movie that uh, I'll be uh, dissecting and, and uh, reviewing will be uh, the 2019 Academy Award winning cinematic masterpiece, as far as I'm concerned, Joker. So stay tuned for that, as well as uh, updates on the soon-to-be-released Gotham Cinema Podcast, which will be dedicated entirely to all the live-action Batman movies. So if you didn't get enough of uh, Batman uh, from some earlier episodes, stay tuned because there's more on the way. Uh, And as always, please uh, share this podcast with your family, your friends, your enemies, anybody who you think might enjoy listening to someone uh, go on passionately about movies, uh, the good, the bad, everything in between. Uh, so with that, uh, I will sign off. Jen, thank you as always for joining me on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, everybody. Until next time, stay well, be safe, and go see some movies. Take care. Thanks. <laughs>